For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The mothers, the lost fathers, and the forsaken children, and let them come quickly, for a voice of crying is heard out of Zion, for we are greatly confused, for death has come into our ghettos, to cut off the young men and women from the streets of Philadelphia, New York, L.A., Georgia, Ohio, Florida, Mississippi, and throughout America, South America, the Caribbean islands, Africa, Asia, and all over the world. So return unto me, thus saith Yah, and I will return unto you, O my people. This service is provided in high definition by free conference call HD.com. Please enter your access code followed by the pound. This menu will repeat. Incorrect access code. Please re-enter your access code followed by the pound. Access code accepted. This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. 
we find this program necessary because Hosea 4, 6 states my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people can turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot, Brother Reggie, and Brother Ralph. The number to reach us this evening to join the conversation is 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line, if you don't have computer access, access to a smartphone, iPad, or anything of that nature, is 559-726-1300. That's 559-726-1300. And enter the access code of 958590 and the pound sign. Again, listen only line of access numbers 559 726 1300. That's 559 726 1300. And that access code again is 958590 and the pound sign. We're streaming live at two locations. That's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. That's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. We're also streaming live on TuneIn app, which uh, you can get free to your iPad, your your BlackBerry, your, your uh, Android, your desktop. Just go to the TuneIn app which is a free app, and, and the search engine type in time for an awakening. There you always see it, uh, and then you can listen to the button. Just click that button to listen live to the program. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. That's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Time for Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search engine and type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by Brother Reg. And before you leave that page, just hit that like button. It's Time for an Awakening radio program. Streaming live on Facebook. Tonight, we're in open forum. Anything on your mind, give us a call. We can talk about it. It's two weeks in a row we're in open forum, which is very rare. But... Uh, this is a chance for us to speak to the listening audience. And we'll be right back after I take care of a couple technical difficulties. It's always something when you have a live broadcast. But we'll be right back to get things started after a brief word from our sponsors.
are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and uh, <laughs> we're back. We're in open forum. Anything on your mind, anything on your that you've been thinking about on your mind, on your heart, in your soul, give us a call. Let's talk about it. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, it's always something going on when you turn a live program. Something goes down. Uh, some type of thing goes on. And uh, when you're engineer and chief bottle washer, you got to get busy and kind of fix things so you can get back up and running. Hopefully everybody out there in the listening audience can hear us clearly. Brother Reg. Yes, my brother. <laughs> How are you, sir? Doing well. How yeah, are you? Yeah, just had to get things back up and running here with the uh, live program. It's always something that goes on, but uh, then you got to get on the job. But we're in open forum. Anything uh, that's out there, anything? And I know you got some things in your grab bag, Brother Reg, that you want to talk about. But I don't uh, have a, I don't have a grab bag. I, I walk around <laughs> with a, a knapsack, a duffel, eighteen pound duffel bag. Well, let's, uh, we see a caller up here. Let's let's get one caller on. I got knives, barbed wire, and a whole lot of other things in my bag. <laughs> caller, what's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's, what's up, brother uh, Elliot? How, how are you doing, you? my brother? How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Hey, brother Reg and brother hey. Ralph. How y'all brothers doing tonight? Doing good, my brother. Oh, praises be. Yeah, so much in the news now, brother Reg and, and, and Ralph and, and, and Elliot. I don't even know where to begin, man. I guess I guess it's stuff to start from somewhere, right? Um as you know, with the Supreme Court rulings and stuff, I guess game came in a pack the other day. You know, uh, I guess one can look at the uh, the thing about the same-sex marriage. You, you can look at it, you know, whichever way you want to look at it. But we know as people of, of the book, whether we come from Islamic or Christian or Judeo, uh, we know it's an abomination. Two men, two men land up to ma- men, two men land up together, and two women and stuff. You know that's an abomination. See, my whole thing, and I made this clear to you before I talked to you before about this, brother Raj. I said I'm against that kind of lifestyle, but I said uh, if two consenting adults, and hear me well in this, because I don't nobody misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm clear on what I say. If two men want to sit there and do that stuff, perverted stuff to each other, and they have privacy in their bedroom with two women, that's that's their business. They can do that, and they, got, they have to answer the God for that. But see, my whole beef with them, they don't want to just be satisfied. They want to teach that stuff to our children. See, children are innocent. You know, like, and Elliot, you're a father. You know exactly where I'm coming from with saying this. Children are innocent. They're very impressionable. Don't push that stuff on our children. You don't teach them about homosexuality. Like, guess something's okay because it's not okay. And that's why I agree with this white lady down in Texas who they had this uh, teacher ran out of school because he was trying to teach the kids down in Texas that homosexuality was okay. No, it's not okay. If you want to do that stuff, fine. But don't push that on our children. But see, many of them, and, and, and it's a lot of them that's pushing that are these white, Jews, these white gay Jews, they're the ones pushing this stuff. They want to push that, especially on black children. And, it, and it's, it's our responsibility as black men and women to stand up and say, no, that's not going to fly. It's just not going to fly here. If you want to do that as an adult and stuff, that's you. But don't push that on our children. And, see, and the president should be ashamed of himself 
you know, for, 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 for supporting that. But see, I'm not surprised with him. Like I said, he, if he showed the fire, if he showed the kind of fervor and fire that he did when he was so excited about this thing being supported by the Supreme Court, if he showed that kind of zest fighting for our, for black people who gave him 90% of their vote both times, brother, we'll be far ahead of them than what we are now. But you notice, don't show that same fire and zest when they come to fighting for black people. Hey, you know? Joe. I like yeah. to I like to say a couple of things to you. You know, we've had sure. this discussion before we got on the Black Talk Network mm-hmm. about this whole homosexual agenda. Mm-hmm. You you pretty know much, pretty uh, you you understand my stance. We've talked about it many times. Mm-hmm. This is my thing, and, and for black people, we should not get distracted by this homosexual agenda. The way I'm looking at it is. If you do any sort of history searching or reading about history, you know what this country and all through this country, the Greco-Roman culture was about. Mm-hmm. There's no change in this, whether you believe in the Quran, you believe in the Bible or any other text. We, you know what this history is about and what they promote. They promote confusion, perverseness. Mm-hmm. greed, lust, and anything else that you want to talk about that's bad for our children mm-hmm. and our family. We know this, so we shouldn't be surprised. My thing is some of the principles that they have that they have adopted to get things pushed through, I think black people, which they have modeled and got a lot of things off anyway, but we just fail to, you know, uh, recognize it and, and realize that we're the progenitors of the models of unity. How these people have been able to unify, how they support each other, how they put people in certain positions within the government that that believe in this lifestyle, they're part of this lifestyle, and how they push, push bills and agendas to support that, that we need to be taking some of these things that they're doing it, that they're doing, excuse me, and doing it to promote black family. I'm, I'm a proponent of black men, black women, and children in the family structure. Because without that, you, myself, Ralph, and Elliot, and the listening audience won't be here. If you didn't, I, have, if you didn't have a heterosexual union, mm-hmm. there's no homosexuality. That's I my agree, premise. Agree. I'm not going to call someone a faggot bulldog yeah. and all that i don't need I don't to do need that it. i just go right from my premise and that's it they could have a different of opinions but that's it when i speak to a child that's the point of reference when i speak to a child my thing is we take this confederate flag issue we take this homosexual uh issue and we get so consumed with it but the needs the resources the things that we need as a black people, we don't, we don't, we're not concentrated. We don't focus on this. We, we have not done enough planning to counterattack what our enemy is trying to do with us now, today, and for the next two years or next year or next five years. We are a reactionary people, and I think we love it based on what we're doing. There's few organizations out there, black organizations or t- t- think tanks, that actually or planning for how black people should be living in this country right. or overseas more than five years out. Right. I, would wish some, I, I, would, I would like someone to call in and tell me of an organization 
that is planning for black people lifestyle as far as jobs, housing, the nation okay, of Islam, equal access. But I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, I would like someone to call out and let me know of more than just one organization that's right. doing it. Because you know what? If there's only the nation of Islam, we need to have 50 organizations doing that. I, I don't disagree with that, Do, brother. Do you understand where I'm coming from? This is how I, dire. I there's, there's more than just the nation of Islam that's out there. Every organization out there, whether it's a church or mosque, mm-hmm. Hebrew-like temple, we, everything from imprisonment to our children's education to job development, I think this whole, now we do have black people that are that are part of this homosexual lifestyle. But when they get ready to be strung up and shot, the, the police officer is not looking whether they're gay or lesbian. I agree. They're looking at them as they're a black man, woman, or child. So I think we don't need to get caught up in this nonsense. I'm not saying that's not a real issue within the black community, and but what I'm going to say too that the predators that we have in our community, and I keep saying this, that's something that we need to talk about because most of the black young people that are going into this lifestyle is because there have been someone, either a friend of the family or someone that's been in the family that has done something inappropriate that pushed them into that type of lifestyle of thinking. I'm not going to say that's the only cause, but that's something that we need to start talking about. I've talked about it before. I've been chastised, and I'm going to still keep talking about it well, because this is a real issue. Joe, let me say something on uh, to kind of uh, uh, dovetail behind Reg. We could see if, if see, because Reg said that we we have a tendency to be reactionary and have been reactionary for a while. We could see clearly that if we had focused in on our history and culture, especially with our children, that these folks, these Europeans, descendants of of, uh, of a Greco-Roman society, are just reinstituting their civilization. That's right. This what this this moral fabric of what they're pushing has was was what Rome and Greece was all about. Mm, no doubt. And children was very much involved in it. And when I say sure. involved in it, the adults in Greco-Roman society had children involved in it. Homosexual behavior, pedophilia, all of those type of things was part of Greco-Roman society and was an accepted part. It wasn't an underground part. It was an accepted part. Those things was not an accepted part of any uh, ancient black culture. That, so when we get that. involved in it now, it's because we have a total void of our history and culture. If we can, yeah, if we concentrate now and make a mm-hmm. concerted effort to concentrate now to reinstitute, reteach our adults and children about their history and culture, we wouldn't have to worry too much about what this man is doing. And we would we would uh, gradually and and uh, um, and more progressively start to separate ourselves from what he's doing. First mentally and then possibly right. physically. But it has to be a mental separation. Right now, with some of our people, there is no mental separation between what Europeans are doing and what we're doing. It's it's totally intertwined. And, 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 and I don't disagree because, like I said, see, see, we ought to look beyond just just, 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 just
this Supreme Court decision, this justice is going to be pushed on our people first and foremost. Because remember, white birth rate has been low for years in Israel and the United States, the white birth rate. So they definitely want to stymie. me. And what better way to stymie black growth into a masculine black man and womanhood by pushing homosexuality. And again, my, my thing is clear again. If two adults want to do that, that's their business. They're going to have to deal with that. But like I say, don't push that on our children. Because you remember, in America, remember this United States of America, you ever heard of a group called NAMLA? This mm-hmm. is a white man's organization called NAMLA. It stands for North American Man-Boy Association. And it's legal, or I don't know if it's necessarily legal, but it's tolerated in some states, especially out in the Midwest, where white men can lay up and have sex with and stuff. And what kind of sick, perverted society would even allow something like that? But well, see, Joe, listen, America. before we leave you, let me say this. When you yes. say don't push it on our children, they're going to push it on our children. We, exactly. we have to do something about it. We have to come point, up with it. solutions to stop this. One exactly. of the solutions is to, to uh, have concerted efforts to teach our own history and culture to our children. Yes. First use, if we can't use these school buildings, we, we can use these churches, temples, and mosques that are only used on Wednesdays and Saturdays mm-hmm. or Wednesdays and Sundays for a bunch of religious services. We can start use them, using them to reteach our children. It was done during slavery and when our people were first out of chattel enslavement. We know that slavery right. is still going on in these uh, uh, mass incarceration facilities. But I'm talking about chattel enslavement. When we first was out of chattel enslavement, we utilized the churches as school buildings. That's true. They need to be reutilized for that purpose again because I they're agree. going to push it on our children if we as black folks don't do anything to stop it. I agree. And I, I, I make one last mark and I'm gone, okay? Y'all have been much generous with y'all time. Sister Sarah pointed out something that I mentioned. I, I, well, I didn't get a chance to mention it last week during our conversation. We was talking about this, the tragedy in Charlotte, South Carolina. See, there again, here are people catching hell. At the, at, the, at the hands of this European who looked just like the white man that you see on that, that version of Jesus Christ. And what and hit Denmark Vesey, a brother who's a warrior, an ancestor, hit his brother fought and died for, for, the, for the freedom of black men. And what do our people in that church do down there? And again, it's not to minimize the tragedy of what happened, but they had to show you the confusion and the self-hatred that our people suffered. What the, and Sarah pointed out in a conversation last week with y'all, they had white Jesus on their wall. A church that was founded by Denmark Bessie got a white Jesus and a white angels on their wall. And you're going to tell me, nobody gonna, no rational black man and woman going to tell me that don't do some psychological damage to black people. Because that's why they were so, that's why they were so quick to say they forget that cracker for doing a killing. Because, see, our people so conscious when they say they're against racism, it's hard for some of our people to, to fight against white supremacy when that white Jesus, who they see on that wall, looks just like any white man they see walking down the free street. Because, like I said, that white boy that, that downtown that you see, Elliot and Reggie and Ralph, that calls himself Philly Jesus, he looks just like the white man, that, that, that version of Jesus that many black people or some black people have in their homes to this day. And that causes confusion, man. And that, and that, that, that white images of Jesus and, and, and the disciples and all, that's stuff has got to be taken firmly out of our black churches, out of our black homes, and we're ever going to overcome white supremacy. That do a psychological damage to our people. I don't give a damn what nobody say. That's real, brother. Joe, I want to thank you for your participation. You're welcome, brother Elliot. Uh, we got a guest waiting in the wings. Before we go to him, let me take this other call. 267 area code, what's your name? Where you calling from? 267? 267, you're here. Can you hear me? 
Okay, I'll get, just call back two six seven. There, area code. Your line is open. Go ahead and speak. They'll call back. Um, and callers, when you call, you know, last week we opened up the uh, lines to new callers, and uh, I was happy that uh, we had several new callers. So again, new callers, give us a call at the two one five two five three seven two six three. That's two one five. Two five three seven two six three two six seven is right back again. Two six seven area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yes, I'm on a uh, two seven six. Uh, okay, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I don't two have seven, anything six. to say. I'm just listening. Good evening. I'm just listening uh, on this line because the other line is not working. Uh, yeah, it's working. Just just give it a call at uh, five five nine seven two six thirteen hundred and push in the access code. It's it's working. All right. Thank you for your call, sir. All right, thank you. Reg, it was uh it was interesting uh yeah, not, thing I'm that Joe done, brought I'm, up. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. You you let me flow tonight. Well, let let me re- before before you go ahead and, and uh finish up, let me uh bring brother Marcus in here. Brother Marcus, you with us? Yes, I am. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm good. Good evening, fellas. Good evening, brother Marcus. Uh, How you doing, my brother? Good, 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 good. Uh, yeah. Good conversation y'all having. Before we get Brother Marcus on, let me just say one thing real quickly, uh, Brother Elliot. Um, I like the conversation that we had with Joe and Brother Joe and the points he brought out. I want to add something else in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I posted something on our Facebook page in dealing with a sister who went up on the flagpole. Okay. In the South Carolina State House to remove it. And I'm seeing there's a, the response, and I've talked to a few people about it, the response was the sister, the move she did wasn't the correct move because they had another brother that the white people made. Uh, the white people forced him to go out basically to put the flag back up. So it was like, a, like, it, like it, it crossed itself out. And this, is my, and this is my premise or this is my thinking. I just want to put this out there. I see that a lot of our brothers that are supposed to be really strong really have a problem with any woman and her actions. Will always complain no matter what she does. What the sister did, I don't think many brothers would even thought about doing it because they probably were thinking that they would probably have been shot off of the pole before they even made it up halfway. What I started thinking about, Brother Pascal Robert, he wrote a, a short piece um, and that, that I shared to our page about the black man getting a grip because of things that we had women historically doing things for our community, Harriet Tubman, we had Ida B. Wells. And what I want to say is some of the comments I'm saying, I could just envision in my mind Harriet Tubman when she first started out, the people that she wanted to help and some brothers saying to her, you're a woman, and you should not be leaving at midnight to go ahead and help your brothers and sisters. I, I vision in my mind some brothers, if Ida B. Wells was talking to some brothers about this situation and them telling her, sister, you need to wait because the lynching has been going on so long. You need to have a real plan and don't write anything. Just wait. This is what I'm envisioning. This is what I see. And I think it's high time that we stop the nonsense. Whether I agree with what this sister did or not, 
she did something that's symbolic for our community. It doesn't matter what white people think about what's done. It doesn't matter if what she was trying to prove is implemented. Just the fact that she had the gumption to do it, and you didn't have any brothers that had the gumption to go out and do it, other than talking and rhetoric. My last point I want to say, and I've said this before, and this is not to come down. I don't want to talk about our women. I just want to talk about our brothers. It's high time that a lot of these brothers that are internet, email, and talk radio tough, strong, calling the white man cracker, devil, and whatever else you want to call them. But when you question them, what organization are you part of? What are you doing to better that? I'm not talking about what you're doing for your individual family. What are you doing to better the community and you, don't, and you have not done anything? You know, we, we got to come out of that. got to come out of that. If you have a problem with what the sister did, you join an organization or a group or you start an organization or a group and you do something that you think that the sister should have did that is a little better. That's the solution. You could, I don't have any problem with us critiquing each other. But I, I do, and I'm going to always have a problem with us that's critiquing people that are doing something versus you not doing anything but other, be, other than being a full-time critiquer. That's it. A full-time critiquer that doesn't get paid. You're a volunteer critiquer that doesn't even get paid. Yeah, well, I, I just hope that a brother was, I, 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 you know, I kind of glanced through that article that you put on the page, Rich. I hope it was a brother present there with that sister that went up on that pole. In fact, he should have went up there, but I hope it was a brother there present with her, watching her back when she did what she did. You know, and and I hear what you're saying, but I think that, I, well, I know that you realize it, but our listening audience has to realize that the attitudes we have towards our women being involved in things comes straight from our relationship dealing with Europeans. If you look at spirituality, and the spirituality of our ancient forefathers, women and men were equal. They did the, the, the same things. They worked with one another. It was women leadership as well as men. They sat on the throne together a lot of the times that they were married. Uh, this stuff about women sitting in the corner, shut up, you do what you told, that stuff is religion, and it comes straight out of religion. And I don't care what religion you're dealing with. It's more of religion than spirituality. So, you know, I understand what you're saying clearly, Reg, and I agree totally with what you're saying. Brother Marcus? Brother Marcus, you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Uh, we're going to take a brief break because it looks like I, I lost, Reg. I guess he'll call right back. Um, you've seen some of the things going on this week. Before we get to some of the uh, the, the uh, the meat of the order, so to speak, some of the things going on with uh, one million conscious vac- voters and contributors. Uh, talk about some of the things that's been on your mind here in the news this week, uh, Brother Marcus. Uh, well, let me first say, thanks for your time, Brother. Let me first say, uh, the conversation that you fellas have been having, um, it's really been enlightening, of course. I like the fact that our conscious community, our fellows, our ladies, we can recognize the issues that we have in our community. And like Brother Wesley was saying, it's high time that we get solution-oriented. Mm-hmm. We can do a lot of talking and recognizing issues that we have, 
but we've got to join the organization. And you brought up an organization that I joined, one million conscious black voters and contributors. I think, or I know, that this organization is ready and has strategized to put forth solutions for our political issues, our social issues, and our economic issues. You know, we talk about the latter first, and that can even lead into education. I think Brother Reggie said that uh, it's our churches. Well, Brother, maybe it was you, Brother Elliot, said that our churches are only open on Wednesdays and, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. But what about the rest of the week? What about <laughs> the rest of our issues? What about educational purposes? Well, I think economics and us practicing group economics can solve some of that. Almost definitely. We can begin, we can, at community members, can begin to pull their money together and put money into the church and say, we want certain services to be available. It's not going to be a whole weight on one individual person. They say you have 100 community members, they each giving up $20 or so. Or, or, or some X number that's investing into an institution that's already there. Therefore, the churches can't even say that they can't open up the doors because basically those people are paying for the light. They're paying for those services to be available. And the church already has certain services that you can uh, combine with that. So putting up, pulling our money together and utilizing the tools that are already there at our black churches that could be the answer. Those are the type of strategies that one million conscious black voters are contributing. We believe in group economics. We believe in banding, pulling our money together, and contributing to campaigns, contributing to elections. We also talk about the LBGT community, how they can get their agenda met. Well, you don't have to be frustrated about what Obama didn't do, what he did do, what another president didn't do. We got to it's a strategy that we have to put forth and that putting our money together, donating to campaigns, donating to political funds, and saying, here's our agenda. You can go to our website and you can see an agenda, that 12-plank agenda. That website is com. We believe in putting our money together. We believe in banning our votes as a block of voters to finally achieve an agenda specifically for black people. You know, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to continue this conversation. Before we go to break, you mentioned, uh, uh, and you kind of, uh, 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 you know, followed up on the topic that was discussed, and you talked about the churches and utilizing the churches. And some people might say, well, my church has a school. My church has a daycare. See, I'm not talking about individual churches. See, we have enough church communities in urban areas and nationwide where we can establish curricula and an agenda for our children to be taught by. It's plenty of our black folks out there that have school curricula that they've established, whether it's cultural or Afrocentric curricula that they can share with churches, temples, and mosques, where we can, not only one church can have a school or a daycare, it can be several. It can be a unified system 
just like this public school system that's run in this country, we can have a similar system with an established agenda that is taught nationwide in our facilities. We can do this. It's already, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's already right. people with curriculas out there, but we Elliot. cannot utilize them. Uh-huh, go ahead. I think we got a little interference. Somebody's radio is up in the background because I hear echo. But go ahead. Yeah, the only thing I want to say about that is that now we're in a climate and a culture where a lot of these churches, they have that 501c3 designation where they get an influx of money. And the people that they're getting that 501c3 money, they want to see certain things go on, but they don't want to see other things go on. I just want to put that out there. And that could be that could be something that we could talk about. And that's real, because at one time, if you look at uh, black churches, black churches and black farmers, they were in the embodiment, the embodiment of black community. Almost like you understand what I'm saying, almost like black, like a black barbershop. You know, it's, it's like the town hall. You get you get almost everything you want out of that business or entity. And the thing with this 501c3, this 501c3 is hampering a lot of these mega churches and these churches that have that designation because they don't want to mess up the influx of money. That's why they don't talk out and speak out about a lot of these events. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm just saying it is a reality that we have to live with it. I think we can overcome it, but I think it's something that we need to talk about and have a strategy. My One of my pet peeves is that not that we have to overcome obstacles, is that we don't plan for how we're going to overcome these obstacles that we know that's out there. Okay, right. let's go to another call. But before we do, we got a little interference. Somebody has a radio up or something up in the background because we're getting an echo. Please turn it down. Let's go to 704 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Scotty calling from North Carolina. Hot brothers tonight and the sisters. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I just want to touch on a couple of things that was uh, already brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad the caller called in about the one million conscious black voters. Um, certainly we have to let our people know they did not vote for that demon named Hillary Clinton. All right. That's number one. I don't care. I don't care who's running on us. That does not mean you have to vote for a Republican. You can vote for a third party candidate so that that party can then have future ballot access in your state. Um, unfortunately, like when uh, Cynthia McKinney ran for the Green Party, they didn't get enough votes in my state to make the third, you know, to have future ballot access. The Liber- Libertarian Party did. And, and, and so, you know, number one, don't vote for Hillary Clinton. This woman is an enemy to black people, and that should be clear to anybody that's calling themselves conscious. Um <laughs> Yeah, Number right. two, the uh, issue of the church. I don't go to church. I don't participate in organized religion, but churches are a part of our community. And seven churches since that, not seven churches, three more churches have burnt down, one in Charlotte, North Carolina, yes. in the wake of these terrorist attacks. Now, I don't go to church, but I live next door to a church. And I made a video not because I'm trying to show my work or anything like that, but because I know how to use media. We use media to promote things to our people. So I took a video of myself the other night 
uh, patrolling around that church because there's a lot of trailer parks around here, and I don't want them white folks to get no ideas and be inspired <laughs> and come burn down this church next door to my house. Now, after that terrorist attack, those churches should have been on high alert. The members should have been working in shift to pull guard duty, all right, or the, in, in, instead of um, asking for millions of dollars for a jet, you should be high in security. Okay, if you can't get enough volunteers. So that's just a shame that these black churches are being burnt down. And we're allowing them. I, I look at that as we're allowing them to be burnt down. And, and so it. I hope. I, yes. I want to interrupt you real quick. I, I, I'm, 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 this is a little dig. This is a little dig, my brother. So just take it in stride from last week. So I thought that the brothers and sisters down south, they don't believe in that forgiveness and they armed to the T. So what? So so I'm thinking after the church burned down, they'll be out there, armed to a T. Well, I was out there armed to the T. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. That's what I'm talking about, Scotty. You're not the membership. I'm just talking, Scotty. Remember last week? All I'm saying is that I I don't live down south. I've been down south. All I'm just saying that the a lot of the memberships is not. I'm not gonna say all the membership. But a lot of the membership, they're influenced by what they're hearing and receiving from their minister or their pastor. And you also had another conversation, though, right, about the clergy response team. Remember that conversation? No, we didn't have no conversation about it. Okay, that was somebody team. else. No, it somebody wasn't me. asked me this why I brother... didn't bring it up last week. No, no, no. This is Brother Reggie. I'm just talking about when I was talking about the passiveness. I'm not trying to knock anybody when I say that. I'm just saying that even for a lot of people that's outside of the outside of the church, that's what is drilled in our mind, which I know you know through advertising and everything, even through the church thing, for us to be forgiving, passive, and always look past things. I don't think that everyone buys it, but I think that's what the majority of the rhetoric and what you're seeing, they're not going to come and do that sort of activity to any place that they know that they're going to get resistance because it's not going to be, it's not going to be advantageous to them. You know, like when you're looking at warfare or battles and how you do that, they're not going to do that in any club down South where they know brothers, bro brothers in the club and some sisters is strapped and packing. Or they're going to throw bottles. They're, going to okay. do it. they're only going to do that at places that they know that they're going to get less resistance. Because most of the time, we know the history of the Klan, they did their stuff with their faces covered in the middle of the night because they didn't want to see, and they know that they're not going to have that much resistance to what they do. If they know that there's a place that they're going to come to, that they know that more than likely there's a 50-50 there's a chance that they're going to get a bullet, they're going to get a bullet. They're going to think twice about doing something like that. That's, that's my only well, comment. Well, like I, like I stated, Brother Reggie, uh, like I stated, um, I, can't, I can only speak on the churches I've been to and I've been around. Man, that church in Charlotte is in a black community, so maybe they let their guard down and thought, oh, we surrounded by black folks, so, you know, we ain't got to worry about them. There ain't none of these races around here. So they let the guard down. But again... You know, um, not to be bashing anyone. That's why I do. That's why I did what I did, and then put it out on social media, and hopefully it'll make some folks to think that, like I said in the video, you can pray and lose angels around these churches all you want to, but I'm out here and I don't see no angels. Scotty out here, okay? <laughs> well, you the angel. So, 
You the angel with the gun. Yeah, you the angel. That's the hey, 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 Scotty. You supposed to be out there patrolling around and praying at the same time with your pistol. You supposed to be the example out there, brother Scotty. Yeah, come on. And one last point, and, and I'll let you brothers go, okay. about the schooling. Um, mm-hmm. Always we want to try to put out solutions and let people know if we know of any resources. So July 17th through the 19th in Atlanta, they will be having the Black Homeschoolers uh, um, Expo. Yes. All right. And and even if, even if you can't homeschool your child because of, you know, you lack resources, well, they say, you know, they will also help you educate your child in addition to, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to promote that. And people can go to the website, Liberated Minds Expo. Dot, I think it's dot .org or dot .com. Try both of those, but it's Liberated Minds with S. Liberated Minds Expo dot org, and so that's a solution to uh, uh, save, uh, protecting our children' mind from this uh, indoctrination we know we're getting in these public schools. That's yeah. all, brothers. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank, Thank you, Scotty. To follow yeah. up uh, with what Scotty just said, brother Chike Kua that's been on our program. Exactly. That's what times. I was going to mention. That's yeah, his. Uh, that's his. That's what he does. Exactly. And in fact, that's his uh, expo. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, like I, I was telling Marcus, I just wanted Scotty to know that we, you know, we, you know, we bring guests, which he knows, <laughs> that on the forefront of these ideas. I just want to know why he's not in front of that church right now with his pistol, <laughs> protecting me, being the, being the example out there in North Carolina. That's what I want to know. Listen, we're gonna take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation, and you can get involved too by dialing two one five two five three seven two six three. That's two one five two five three. Seven two six three. We'll be right back. tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. The 
before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. What is in one million brothers and sisters who are tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old leaders, the same old ways of dealing with political and economic empowerment? If you realize that nobody's going to save black people but us, if you understand that no existing political party prioritizes the best interests of African Americans as a collective, if you believe that leadership is as leadership does, and this means that the best leaders for the black collective must come from the ranks of those who place and hold the best interests of black people foremost and uttermost, if you understand that black people must develop the mindset and the will to finance their own racial uplift organizational efforts, then get involved with one million conscious black voters and contributors. The movement is now. Go to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. That's www.iamoneofthemillion.com. The the controlled press, the white press, inflames the white public against Negroes. The police are able to use it to paint the Negro community as a criminal element. The police are able to use the press to make the white public think that 90% or 99% of the Negroes in the Negro community are criminals. And once the white public is convinced that most of the Negro community is a criminal element, then this automatically paves the way for the police to move into the Negro community, exercising Gestapo tactics, stopping any black man who is in the, on, on the sidewalk, whether he is guilty or whether he is innocent, whether he is well-dressed or whether he is poorly dressed, whether he is educated or whether he is dumb, whether he's a Christian or whether he's a Muslim, As long as he is black and a member of the Negro community, the white public thinks that the white policeman is justified in going in there and trampling on that man's civil rights and on that man's human rights. Once the police have convinced the white public that the so-called Negro community is a criminal element, they can go in and question, brutalize, murder unarmed innocent Negroes and the white public is gullible enough to back them up. This makes the Negro community a police state. This makes the Negro neighborhood a police state. It's the the most heavily patrolled. It has more police in it than any other neighborhood, yet it has more crime in it than any other neighborhood. How can you have more cops and more crime? Why? It shows you that the cops must be in cahoots with the criminals. The police the same way. They put their club upside your head. 
and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him? My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. This is American justice. This is American democracy. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Now, if I'm wrong, put me in jail. But if you can't prove that a democracy is not hypocrisy, then don't put your hands on me. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. We're in open forum this evening. Uh, very rare that we've been open and been in open forum two weeks in a row, but uh, uh, sometimes it's a good thing. We can get the callers involved, and you can get involved at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. You know, Reg, interesting conversation that we had with uh, Brother Scotty before we went to break. Um, it, it was a little different than we had the other week. But uh, he talked about that he'd been on patrol, being that several churches have burned uh, since the incident, uh, since the tragedy in Charleston, uh, which has been kept low-key on the news, on the, the popular news, but it has, it has been all over black news sites on social media that these churches have been burned. Um, and Scotty talked about, uh, you know, he's been going around having neighborhood patrols, basically, to watch over the church that is next to his, in his uh, community, and plus next door to his home. You know, the the one thing that, uh, that we touched on the other week when we were open for, and that it needs to be talked about in these churches, and in other places also, but more so in a Christian church or Christian environment. Because a lot of our people don't think that they need to protect themselves in that manner. And I want Brother Reggie and Brother Marcus to weigh in on this. They have in their mind that, well, God will protect me. He, he protected the doves. He fed the doves. Uh, they don't work. They don't toil. And I know I'm misquoting the scripture, but everybody that reads a book is familiar with what I'm saying. So just as he clothed and fed them, he'll protect me. So it's not necessary for me to have protection on my place of worship, on my home, or even on my person. So you'll find a lot of black churches are easy targets to Europeans. And especially these terrorist Europeans that want to go in and do what, uh, similar to this animal did in Charleston. Uh, Brother, hold on a second before you make a comment, Brother Reggie, Brother Marcus. Let's take this call. Uh, 773 Area Code, what's your name? Where you're calling from? Yeah, this is Brother X. I'm calling from the most racist city on earth. Well, Chicago. Brother X, it's, it's a lot of them, but go ahead, Brother. 
Go ahead. Yeah, but if it's worse than Chicago, don't don't even fly over it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, now, brother. brother. You had a uh, uh, real, uh, I mean, Mr. Small on, brother Small on some weeks ago, and then I called. And I brought up going to the U.N., and he said, uh, I had hung up, he said, if I, you know, bring up going to the U.N., then I should be the one leading it. Let me say this. When you got an international talk show, people are calling in discussing things that they feel impacting their community or what need or can or may be done. That doesn't mean that person have to personally go and lead that charge. If I believe that we need a heart surgeon, I don't have to go and be a heart surgeon. And uh, there's a lot of people listening, and you don't know what they hear or what they might do. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of inventions that people have came up with it, but they didn't come up with the idea that this was needed. People said, oh, we need this, oh, if I only had this. Then some other person went and invented it. So I just wanted to express that to Mr. Small. And I brought up going to the U.N. ever since Malcolm X said it in the early 60s when Dr. King was talking about going to Washington. And now Farrakhan went to uh, the mall in Washington and talking about going back. And we got this, this building in New York City supposed to be for human rights and justice. We got them sitting right here in the devil's den while the things are being done to us right here. So I question that. There's something wrong with that picture. Hey, brother, uh, my brother, brother Reggie, I I agree with you um, from the standpoint of some. it's good that when the ideas are presented, if the person knows that they're not capable of carrying out at least they have the humility and understanding that they believe that they have a good idea that they might need some help with it being carried through. So I appreciate you putting that out there. I think that's been a strong problem also in the black community with a lot of um, people not knowing their, their, what they're good at and their limitations. Now, I, 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 and Elliot knows this for a fact, what I'm about to say. I've known people they have good ideas for a book, but they need someone to proofread. They need a publisher, and they need someone to, to help them with the comprehension of the book. But they just still went ahead and wrote the book, and the book is almost like a laughing stock. And, and it's a shame because the ideas of what they're trying to do with the book is actually good, but they're not thinking about their skill level and what they can do and what they can't do. And, and my, my final point to you, my brother, I know that Minister Akbar, um, I'm not going to say Minister, Akbar Muhammad, I know that he had uh, written a comprehensive report and submitted it to the UN regarding reparations. And and I think that idea that you're putting out there um, is something that we need to look look at critically and seriously about there's other things. I I know that there's been other letters and things have been done, but I don't know what the follow up has been to the things that have been uh, uh, written or sent up to the U.N. And now another thing, uh, thing I want to uh, stress about the U.N., I said that we need to ask the U.N. for an international watch over us 
uh, as to our position in this country and what can happen to us. Everybody in the world know that these people slaughter people. They've been exterminating for people here since they came out of them caves. Everybody know that. I am saying that we should have somebody asking for an international white uh, observation over us of what we think uh, might can happen to us here in the lion's den. At least the white man will know that somebody's watching what they might do, and they won't be able to just come with no BS of why we was uh, slaughtered. Now, my last point is this, brother, and thank you for this time. I hear you uh, talking, but a lot of times I'm not able to uh, uh, call. Now, I made some comment ago, a while ago that I am not fighting to change this system. Some brothers took it the wrong way. They said, oh, man, he ain't fight. Oh, man, we're going to fight. Oh, man, you got to fight. Listen, you got your way, I got mine. I am not fighting anymore to change a white supremacist system with white psychopaths. I feel that is fruitless. What I spend my time doing now, warning our people that extermination is on the horizon. And this is why you're seeing the incidents you're seeing. They are creating an atmosphere for us to be exterminated. And everybody else, whatever they are working on, if this ain't pertaining to stopping that extermination that these psychopaths are fitting to do to us, then it's not going to matter because that is what's coming down the pipe. Now, when I look back in history, most of the people that was exterminated, brother, the masses of them never saw it coming. And people who were exterminated in the past, they always believe in some biblical stuff, some God in the sky. That's what's wrong right now. Look down in South Carolina. Man that came in and assassinated nine people. And they got some Negro presidents. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Oh, yeah, we got to come on down. And they clapping. That's what's wrong. They do not see the danger. But that Uncle Tom Barack Bush, he see the danger. He know exactly what's going on. But he ain't going to tell them because he's afraid to tell them. And he know the white man would eat him up. So I'm going to spend my time and the little air time I get warning our people that we are fitting to be exterminated. And if you can get your children out of here or if you can get out of here, you had better consider it because I'm telling you, we will not be able to stop this extermination. And I'm not going to play with people because there are millions of lives on the, uh, on, on the line. And I'm going to tell you brothers who ain't been in the service who've got a few guns and think you ready for a war. Ask Billy Bob down south about being ready for a war, Johnny Rail. He thought he was ready for a war against the mechanized North. Look what happened to him. And another thing about this conflict when it starts here, brothers with guns, thank you, ready. What are you fighting for? When I was in Vietnam, I'd sit down in that village with them people, ate with them, kids running around, eating fish, chicken. I'd look in their eyes. 
Them people felt they was fighting for some a country, a way of life. What are we going to be fighting here for here when this stuff starts? You ain't fighting for no country. You ain't fighting for no way of life. You're going to be fighting for one thing, trying to run somewhere and save your life. But you will never have no equal opportunity here, no town. You just going to be fighting to save your life. That's well, all you're going to be fighting for. Thank and you if you've got a thousand guns in your house and 20,000 rounds of ammo, you listen good, you bad talkers. When this thing starts, you're going to have a few minutes to decide whether to stay in your house or leave it. <laughs> if you ain't been in the service, you realize this. If they can find you, they can kill you. Your only hope would be getting out of your house and trying to make it to some wood. If you ain't been in the military, you best understand that. Because let me tell you, this like, ain't no poor white trash you going up against. We are going up against the boys that run the world. Ten seconds, brother. It's time for us to be done away with. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your call, sir. Let's go to 850 area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? This is Samuel Burnham. I'm one of the million brothers uh, calling out of Crestview, Florida, otherwise known to Rednecks as Crest Tucky, Florida. Okay, one million, my brother. <laughs> one million. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, I just want to uh, reinforce, and for some this may be broken record, but uh, we need to be breaking records. Uh, it sounded like a broken record. We need to get to where people tired of hearing of us uh, because we're presenting solutions. So I'm, I'm calling to reinforce the solutions that the one million conscious black voters and contributors have proposed and the fact that speaking as a brother who has had some military experience, definitely not in Vietnam to that level, but I can say that one thing about the military is they're organized um, they're not separated various little cliques. They're organized. They do what they do, and they're very efficient. So our aim is to get those brothers and sisters who are organized to do what they do on behalf of putting the needs and survival of black folks and the upliftment of black folks first and be very efficient. Um, so whatever pops off, uh, whether it's violence or not, not only can we be prepared, but we need to talk about infrastructure. Um, without getting too much into what the other brother mentioned when he was mentioning how a good idea can come up and that person may not necessarily bring it about. One thing that the one million conscious black voters and contributors, especially and contributors, stress is we're the people that are going to bring stuff about uh, because we're looking for people who can get down into the weeds on methods of how you do this, how you do that, looking at best practices to handle business that we need to handle not only for our upliftment but for our very survival uh, to avoid this genocide, which is definitely planned for us. Um, so I'm just here to, to, to represent one million, to be one of the million. Uh, you know, giving an example, so we're advocating for us to have the cameras. Forget the cops having the cameras, you know. For one thing, half of us getting killed in front of cameras. But we do know we control the audio, video, evidence that gets streamed to the jury or gets streamed to our lawyers for our protection, we have a better chance of being able to do something than letting the cops control the video and wonder if they're going to release it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that was a small example of what we're advocating for. Um, we need to finance our freedom. 
what are we doing to put to employ our people into our salvation? Uh, we're one of the few people I know, uh, besides perhaps the nation of Islam, that are trying to employ our people to liberate our people. Uh, so these are just a couple of simple reasons why I'm one of the million. And we're asking everybody to go to www.iamoneofthemillion.com and check out the solutions that we propose. We're looking for black folks that are top-notch, our best and brightest, to get down into the weeds and handle business. Uh, we won't sit here and rehash all the problems because we know that there's a million of them, and we want to have a million solutions. Uh, that's pretty much all I got to say for now. Thank you, my brother. We appreciate you. One million, my brother. One million. We're moving forward. That's one million. Thank you for your call, sir. And thank you. And, and, you know, and, and, Samuel mentioned and, about practical solutions that we all can do. It's not complicated. Practical solutions that we all can take part in to change the identity. And, and that's, brother Mar that's Brother Marcus that came up with that moniker that we, that we, that we uh, give us a salutation in the ending. One million. That's what we're about. Ellie is late, Brother Marcus. He don't know about that yet. Let's go. <laughs> we're going to get him there now. Let's go to one of us. We got another four four two two six four four two two six. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, um, greetings. This is Sarah calling in from Dallas. How are you, Sarah? How are you doing, my sister? Oh, greetings to you, Elliot, Reggie, and I get, what is that? Marcus, I believe is his yeah, name. Yeah, brother Marcus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, greetings to you all, and I was just calling to chime in with my little two cents, if I may. You got more. You got more than two cents. We we need a full dollar from you. Come on, sister. Come bring it. Bring it. Well, I'll 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 use a dime and I'll expect to back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, what I was calling on a serious note with this situation, um, we we are uh, I understand the seriousness of what's going on here with our seven our children, and as you mentioned before, um, Reggie, talking about with the um the nonprofit status that each church has been granted. Mm -hmm. As a result of um, the faith-based faith faith initiative, and all of this was done as a result right after the movement in the 60s when we did a lot of our organizing in the church. Mm -hmm. And this is a move that was done to counteract so that we would not be able to have that kind of backing anymore to go into the church and organize as Dr. King and a lot of other people were able to do in order to get our movement up and going. So we're going to have to find a different strategy to use because these black churches, there are very few of them who are not going to risk their nonprofit status and their money as well as their membership. Because once the, once the white man starts coming around with his suits, with his ugly suits, and, you know, and start questioning people, then you can see a lot of people going to start backing away from you, um, you know, saying, okay, no, they don't, you can't come there anymore. You need to find somewhere else to, to, um, to run your organization. Um, we, we have, um, as you said, you know, you've even tried with the mosques, and I know that right now the mosques, they're, they're on their fire, because ever since they declared this war on terror, and we know terrorism is only the face of black and brown people are the only faces of terror. Because I happen to listen to quite a, to quite a few shows buzzing through the dial, left, right wing, and all of these other crazy shows just to get the polls to hear what people are talking about. And I happened to hear the, um, one of the founders from the Southern Poverty Law Center, Cohen, Richard Cohen is his name. And he came on and, you know, 
Ralph, it's one of Ralph's favorite talk show hosts show that he was on. And he made me very, very nauseous. And, you know, and I, and I was very sick because he came and said, oh, well, the, well referring to, to the killer, that little terrorist in South Carolina. So, well, oh, he's such a kid. He looks so nice and innocent. And, you know, I have a hard time calling and referring to him as a man because, you know, with children that just, even though he's there 21 and they can legally vote and do all of these things, you know, he's still just a kid. Just look at him. You see, white people, regardless of what you do, if they have no empathy when it comes to black people, they have none. And we need to stop trying to, 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 um, to appeal to white people like Dr. Clark and everybody has told us, all of the ancestors have told us, these people have no damn conscience. They see, they see us worse than animals because if you kill a dog, you will go to jail. But if you um, kill one of us, you, you're not even going to get indicted. That's how they view us. And when I heard this man, he was talking. And this host kept soft peddling him, kept, you know, coaxing him along as he's going along. And, you know, you know, like, he put on this phony-ass voice of theirs and talking. And I'm just saying to myself, I said, if I didn't know what went on, if I was sitting on some other planet and didn't know what went on down here, I would have wanted to sympathize with this kid the way how, the way how this guy from the Southern Poverty Law Center was talking about this killer. I would have been sympathizing and said, well, oh, this poor child, you know, maybe they need to go ahead and raise some funds to try and get him out. That's what mm-hmm. I would have been thinking. But that is how white people are. It don't matter where you are. White people have, like, like automatic success. White people practice that hell. They're, they're operating under that, you know, which is history, ethics, logic, and philosophy. And it don't matter what they do, they're all going to go gangbusters, and they're all going to go into denial, denial, denial. And they're going to make it seem, and they're going to plead their case in such a way that that. You're going to end up having to doubt yourself as to whether or not you saw what you felt. Because so, everyone is... Yes, go ahead. Um, I yes. need to go on. No, 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 go ahead. I'm going to ask you a quick question, Sarah. I want to see what you feel about it. Um, okay. On, on the portion okay. that when you started and when you talked about uh, the 501c3 and why why that was in place, the faith-based initiative, and I want to mm-hmm. ask... This is a question I want to ask, but I want to ask you directly and see what your thoughts are about it. Why why is it so hard or such a foreign concept that the black man and the one, black man and woman in the United States of America everyone throughout the world is basically watching to see what they're doing. If you look at the 60s and the 70s all the movements that came after that was a, as a result of the black man and black woman standing up against oppression in this country, and that started a chain reaction with all these other countries. We are the trendsetters. We're the progenitors. We are the ones, I think it's just like a hard concept for black people to understand. We mm-hmm. are the ones that everyone is waiting for. We're the, we, are the, we are the clock. We're the hour hand and the minute hand and the second hand. The black man and the black woman and the black child. We are. Mm-hmm. If we if we decide to leave this country, this country is done. Black if black people say we are leaving and going to Africa, this country is done. They they need us more than we need them. We don't realize. I just I just want your feelings about that. I, that's how that's how much I feel about black people looking at history, looking at current events, and looking at our future. We are the we are the we are the hour 
the minute and the second hand to all these things. Do you realize how much attention is placed on black men, black women, and black children? Think about I, it. I think, just think about it. Yeah, think about it. Whether good or bad, good or bad, we have so much attention placed on us. We're very, we're very special people, whether we want to realize or not. For this per- people to hate us so much, to spend so much attention on us, to want to use our women, use our men, and use our children's body parts to investigate our DNA, what makes us ticks, what makes us uh, deal with this pressure that they can't deal with, what, what allows our women to still to be able to have children under, the, under this condition when these rich, wealthy women, they can't have any children. What makes the black man, black woman, and tick is still the mystery to them. And I can't understand well, why we don't get it. I'm sorry. It's, it's not really a mystery, Reggie, because the black people cre- um, brought here, we are a creative being. We are cobbled together of all different strains of DNA and genetic material that was crossbreeded into us over here. We're not like the Africans on the continent, because the Africans on the continent, they have their tribe, and they know where they come from, and very rare, seldom do you see them cross, cross the breeding out of their tribe to go into another tribe. With us over here... We got about 10 different strands of DNA that's been put into us through the different breeding process that we went through. Good or bad, in some cases, it's good because it has created this rebellious streak in us where we are trendsetters and bad in the sense that we got all of these degeneracy that's been mucked up into our gene pool as a result of this um, bad mixture that's been added into us. So... You know, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. That's how we have it. And that's why, you know, this we, we that, that's the fighting spirit that was created in us. And they don't realize, and what you realize, the monsters that they have created in, in us, when they did all of that um, cross-breeds, one, to have a stronger group of people in order within which to produce and keep them flourishing economically. But in the end, these people that they created are going to be the ones who's going to destroy them. It's just like with the Frankenstein monster. That's what they have created. And that's why they keep the pressure on us more so than any other group because they know that we, we, are, we are an unstable element that you can't control because they don't know from which direction it's going to come from. Sarah, I want to thank you for your contribution as always. You're welcome. Right, Sarah made some excellent points in uh, what she was saying, and you also. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, it, brother Marcus. Yeah, I'm here, brother. Uh, what do you think about some of the things that Sister Sarah talked about in relation to the topic? I mean, Sister Sarah, as usual, she's on point. She's definitely on point. I mean, that's why the, the white men—they—they're they, afraid of us. They're genuinely afraid, and that's why they put try to put their foot on top of our back, try to hold us down. They are absolutely terrified. Think of how many times you can walk past a white man just, just in passing. There's nervousness that come about. Hey, but I'm wearing a suit just like you might be. What am I doing to you? I'm not coming out here to fight nobody, fight you. But they're absolutely afraid. It's that knowing them. They know that we, we, we've always been stronger than them. We've always been uh, smarter than them. We gave the world Everything. Ain't from ancient Egyptian Africa. 
That's why they're free. Let's, let's Hi, go. is the let's program go. still on? Let's go to 202 area code. What's your name? Where you're calling from? Uh, this is Sister Sean from Washington, D.C. I just timed, uh, chimed in. Uh, is the program still on? Yeah, you're on the air, Sister Sean. Oh, I didn't mean to get directly on the air. You got to step up to the plate now. From, I don't really even know what the time but I just called in and rushed immediately in support of uh, Amasika Gayuka and um, Jim Kleeman for I, uh, the One Million Conscious Black Voters campaign. Sister Sean, Sister Sean, do me a favor. An you, event you, here in S- Washington D.C. with the Sister kickoff Sean. for the National Reparations Tour. Sister Sean. Yes. Do me a favor. You have your volume up. I think your radio is up in the background. Can you turn it down? Do you have anything up in the background? No, I, I just have my cell phone. Okay, Is go my ahead. connection back? No, you, you good. Go ahead. Uh, it, it, anyhow, I'm, I'm just kind of coming in cold, but um, I was given a message that the, the show was on today, and uh, I just wanted to give some support. To well, we, yeah, well, we're in open your, forum. Go ahead, go ahead and throw it into the mix. Yeah, well, basically, um, this is Sister Sean, and um, I'm a, a rep, not really a representative, but I deal with communications in terms of Amasika Geuka and Jim Kleeman's organization. I am one of a million dot com, mm-hmm. the one million conscious black voters and contributors. You may have heard about us, but we're encouraging folks uh, all around the nation to join our organization in order to really implement and you know implement true change through politics and economic empowerment. But what I wanted to specifically speak about today is that I don't know if your listeners have learned about uh, the kickoff of the National Reparations Tour. Uh, we were present uh, at that event today. And yes, I heard about it. Uh, yes, it started, yes, I think it started yes. in Washington. It's going to be in several cities. I think it will be up here in Philadelphia in October, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. I believe it will be in Baltimore in July 12th and in, in, in and in October, we will also have a, a one of a million conscious black voters campaign person there um, by the name of Marcus. Once we get the date um, well, in Mar- Philadelphia, Marcus is with us on the line now. Oh, Marcus is there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh man, see, you know, like minds think alike. That's right. We got a I whole a whole army today. A whole army. I didn't touch base with my brother because I was at the event and I was just sitting here catching up in emails and I was like, oh, let me just give a call to um, put the success that I feel that as if we had. And one thing that I want to say is that the um, the community just received us so well and I, I just never lose the opportunity to, to kind of express to our brothers and sisters how we're all coming together, the Muslim community, Christian communities, um, just all walks of life, people on the street, they really embrace the campaign. And I think the more that they know about it, um, the more that we can gain the support and get the leverage that we need to actually, you know, put our dollars and, and leverage our dollars and our votes politically to actually see results. So that's all I wanted to say. And I'll just listen in because I am coming in, uh, I guess, at the end. <laughs> well, Sister Sean, you know, that is the formula uh, where we can come together. We're going to have to table uh, these religion and religious differences to uh, to deal with one another on real issues. Because if we, we splinter off and deal with religion 
that's going to always divide us. And uh, I, I think the formula that, you, that you're using and that it's being implemented now by a lot of groups is a way to make real inroads to progress to our people coming together. Um, you mentioned about the reparations conference in Washington. You you were there. You attended. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell, tell I was there, and the uh, speaker was uh, Minister Najee Muhammad, um, and his his beautiful, powerfully inspired daughter. Whew, if you ever hear her speak, um, both of them uh, embraced the campaign. I spoke to them specifically um, about the campaign and about Amafika and Jim. Uh, he had some knowledge of them, and uh, he gave us his support and told us that he would keep us uh, in tune to all of the dates. As you know, the dates are kind of being scheduled um, kind of as we go. Not all of it is public. Like we had the July 12th, but that just came out today in Baltimore. You had another date, but all the dates are kind of coming out sporadically. I don't know if that's for security reasons or not. But I would also add that when we went to the event that we were totally secured and, you know, padded down and the women were in one room and the men were in the other, which I think is significant in, in light of the FC9 and, and, and the types of security you know precautions that we should be taking as we gather with one another and collaborate with one another. Um, so I was very pleased to see that. And, you know, I think that's something to be noted. Um, but they... Totally, you know, it, it, speeches about how we've got to, and this is not just, you know, from me and me speaking, how we definitely have to get beyond divisiveness, uh, anything that's divisive, divisive, be it, um, you know, religion or, or whatever means that's used as a tool to divide us. That group, and I think the overall group is uh, 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 Honorable Silas Muhammad. But that whole group sent that message uh, to us today, and received us and received you know us well. So okay. that's what I want to report. Well, Sister oh, Sean, you got throw in a question. You go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right, Sister Sean and Brother Martin, you know, um, as a follow-up point that you just made, uh, you were patted down when you entered into the facility or entered into the church. Um, How do you feel about that? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I felt secure. All right, all right. I felt pr- protected. I felt like um, the organization and I felt like the brothers uh, really cared about me as a woman. And not only that, you also had to hand over your cell phone. Um, so I, and as I was in the event and in the audience, there were certain technical issues where people would approach certain sides of the stage and I, I noticed I don't know if they were part of the facility or or employees but anytime anybody approached anywhere near the front I was in the second row you know those brothers went and kind of circled them and kind of created a a barrier while they were adjusting light and adjusting sound and you know all of the different things on the stage and I, I, I paid particular note to that, probably in a way that I never would have before, without just experiencing the tragedy and the assassination of those nine brothers and sisters in uh, South Carolina. But I, I, I loved it. I felt protected. I felt like uh, the, the speakers, and it was just not speakers. We had, there were drummers, there were actresses, and there was music and fellowship. You know, it was mixed all in. 
um, you know, with the actual delivery of the message. And I, I think that's something that should be used as a model um, in all groups, whether it's a national group, a, a cliche, or, you know, any forum, any platform, because I, I just think that the writing is on the wall when it comes to how this society views black people. And when I was speaking to uh, the... Um, the uh, the Honorable uh, Naji Muhammad and, you know, some of his followers, you know, we have to come to a time where we really have to understand that the bottom line is that we're all viewed as Negroes in N-I-G-G-E-R's in their eyes. They don't care if you're a Muslim, a Christian. They don't really care who you are. They've already showed you who you are. And I think, I don't know who said that, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And I know, Maya Angelou, that's what she said. When somebody shows you who you are, believe them. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. We as black folks, they show us who they are, their atrocities, um, their unimaginable criminal acts against us over and over and over again. And, and we just don't believe them. We just want to go out and sing Amazing Grace and... Kumbaya, and I just don't understand that at this point in age. And we've received, you know, nothing to date. Everybody has received something except us. It's because we have not had a platform like the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors. Okay, the only reason why the gay marriage and the big Supreme Court ruling, um, they've got their rules. they got something. The only reason why is because they put money behind it, they lobbied behind it, and they collaborated behind it. That's what this platform is all about. If we don't wake up and understand how to play the game and get in the game, we're not even in the game. We have to get in the game to win. And this, the structure, the structure of the campaign, the platform and the planks, we have 13 planks and we have a potential 14th plank coming along. And if you really want to understand how to implement and make change, you have to join. We have to join forces as a collective. We're too compartmentalized. We're too splintered. We cannot do it alone. We have to join forces with one another. And we have to collectively, collectively tackle what you call brick by brick. And don't get all discombobulated or get all frustrated because it seems so massive. I understand but the only way you bring a house down is brick by brick. So if we could take one issue, just like the gays and lesbians did, they just targeted one issue, marriage, and they collectively collaborated behind it. That's strategy, and that is exactly what this initiative is all about, the one million conscious black voters and contributors, because we're so all over the place that our head is just spinning. If we can just start to target certain action items, political items, economic items, you can actually see the change and you can be fulfilled because I think we're so emotional and upset. All we want to do is sing a song. <laughs> and that's my input. <laughs> and that's Sean, my observation. I, I want to change that. I want to thank you for your work. You were with us before, uh, I guess a little over a month ago, you was with me and Reg. Um, on the line, and you—that's when you were on the ground in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to go in because see, normally in the mornings I'm not really I'm I'm a nighttime person, so I'm trying to put my work in, you know, earn my keep. Yeah, well, you, you're putting in a lot of work, and I, I want to thank you for your contribution because just like you said, we're in this to win, and uh, our people are a winner. If we don't realize it, we're a winner. I want to thank you for being with us, Reg. Anything you want to say to Sister uh, Sean before she leaves? Yeah, I just got back on. I, I thank Sister Sean for all her work, uh, all everything you do, did at the DC conference, the Power Talk. We appreciate you, and uh, you know we need uh, women to be part of this initiative. We need their ideas, ideas. We need their energy and what they bring to the table. I think any movement that wants to negate what the black woman could bring. It's going to be a movement that doesn't go too far. And I think we need to, you know, to, to keep raising that uh, as a standard. And it's something that we teach our, you know, our, our young men also that, you know, women have always been part of any movement and they've always supported. I'm talking about true black women. Yes, I agree. And, and me personally, I'm not behind you. I'm not in front of you. I'm with you. As long as you consider me as a woman in that way, then, then we're good. Not behind, not in front, but together. And that's what it's all about. I want to thank you, Sister Sean. Thank you. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll, we'll be right back and continue the conversation. And you can get involved, too, at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. Um, you know, before we take a break, let, you know, cause I, oh boy. let me, let me say this before we take a break. Cause we did have a call on the line, but I lost it. Um, and Reg talked about it earlier. I just want to touch base on this before we, uh, maybe we come back in a break and, and, uh, touch on it a little more. Reg, you talked about that 501c3, um, benefit that the churches receive. Uh, oh, let me let me let me take this call because it's back on. Five one three area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? How you doing, brother Ellie? Reggie, this is Jim Klingman. <laughs> oh, the Klingman. How, How are, are you, you, sir? One million. One I'm million, right. my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Marcus, Marcus, I was Joshua. I tried right, my best not to call because I was sitting here just enjoying you guys, but uh, I wanted to call and give a report on our progress. Uh, this past week at uh, George Fraser's Fraser Net Conference down in Dallas. We had a booth there. We had some members manning the booth. They gave out a lot of information, got a lot of people signed up, committed. Uh, no one, they said, who came by that booth, and there were, I don't know how many people attended, probably a 1,000, but uh, no one said anything objecting to what we were doing. Everybody they talked to supported the one million in concept and then went on to either say they were going to sign up or sign up there. So that's a very positive thing, and I wanted to put that out there to let folks know that this has traction. We're moving swiftly toward uh, getting our numbers, and I just want to celebrate that because, as one of your earlier callers said, this is a positive thing. It's it's what they call a no-brainer in marketing and sales. So I just wanted to, to share that. 
Thank you for you. Thank you for your contribution, sir, and what you're doing. Uh, you can see that it's spreading. Uh, yeah. More and more people are getting involved. Uh, we hear more and more people that are curious about it, and you uh-huh. don't have to be curious. You can go to www. I am exactly. I am one of the me, one of the million dot com. See the planks. Right. See what everybody is talking about, and get That's involved. Right. That's what it's all about. That's exactly right. And let me just say this before I get off, because I want to make room for the other callers. What a country we live in. The mass murderer gets taken to Burger King to have it his way. An ex, a former cop killer, escaped from prison, and he gets shot to uh, keep him alive instead of getting shot 20 or 40 times. He gets shot. I don't know where they shot him, but they specifically didn't want to kill him. They just wanted to bring him down in this country. And in this country, the White House becomes red and yellow and blue and purple and green. And I'm waiting for the day in this country where the White House becomes red, black, and green. Thanks a lot, brothers. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your call, sir. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation, and you can get involved, too, at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. We'll be right back. tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. The four- 
before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and uh, we're in open forum this evening. 
talking about anything that's on your mind, anything that's on your heart, put it out there and we'll talk about it. We've been talking about a lot of interesting things this evening in the news that affect our community. Uh, we got 10 more minutes left in the program. Let's go back to the phones, 561 area code. What's your name? Where you're calling from? This is uh, Baba Amafika Gay Yuka calling from West Palm Beach, Florida. How are you, brothers, this uh-huh. evening? How are you, sir? All right. All right, brother. Uh, I'm good, doing brother. just fine, and if I wasn't doing fine before I tuned in to listen to this program, everything that would have ailed me would have disappeared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm well, glad to hear you know, I really appreciate uh, what you brothers are doing, and uh, it does my heart good, really, to sit here and listen to all of uh, our growing family of one million conscious black voters and contributors uh, sounding off, calling in, listening, uh, building this program and this platform. I love it. I just wanted to uh, remind folks through you all of a comment that uh, Pastor Willie Wilson made when many of us, uh, including you and uh, Brother Reg, uh, Elliot, and Brother Marcus, were in uh, D.C. this um, last weekend for the uh, Power Talk event in support of our brother Jim Clingman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Wilson pointed out that uh, in 1917, Marcus Garvey's organization had fewer than 100 members. Three years later, in the year uh, 1920, he had over 3 million members, and that that was at a time when the total population of blacks in this country was somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 or 12 million. So for people who think that one million may be unrealistic. That perhaps, I believe, is perhaps even an undercount of what we are eventually going to have as this message continues to uh, resonate with more and more of our people. And so to the extent that that is likely to happen and we see it happening, it will be owing in no small part to the work that you, uh, Brother Elliot and uh, Brother Reggie, and uh, Brother Ralph have been doing with this program, and most particularly the excellent example of youthful leadership and activism that's being demonstrated by uh, our brother, our own Joshua, there, as Brother Jim Klingman has has dubbed uh, our friend Brother Marcus. So I just want to uh, cheer you brothers on. You're doing me all the good in the world uh, to listen to what's going on on the program this evening. I want to thank you for being with us, sir, and thank My you for pleasure. your leadership and, and, and guidance, because without the elders, um, you and, 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 and uh, Professor Klingman, to advise the younger folks on uh, steps, missteps, uh, your experiences, I mean, it's invaluable. I mean, I look at you, man, and you could be home in your rocking chair relaxing. You don't have to be doing what you're doing, but it's a testament not only to you, and to Professor Clinton, but to your legacy and to your work that you're out here trying to make a difference for something that you may or may not see the fruit of. Uh, we're out here. We're going to continue to do what we do. Uh, Brother Marcus, uh, 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 Brother Samuel, uh, all of the folks involved. But And it's going to continue to grow. But I just want to, I, you know, I look at you, man, and I don't know where the 
the strength comes from, to be honest, to, to keep being out here. I, I just want well, to tip my hat to you. That's just my well, testament. Brother, I can tell you right now where a big part of it is coming from right now. It's coming from you, uh, Brother uh, Reg, Brother Ralph, uh, uh, the brothers and sisters that have called in tonight. I, I just reveled in Sister Sean's call. And, you know, that sister is a dynamo. Oh, yeah. And we, <laughs> we picked up a num- number of other folks. You give us credit uh, as elders, and we certainly appreciate that for what we bring to the table and what we offer. But the fact of the matter is you all provide the fuel for our fire. It would be very difficult for people like Gemini, especially Gemini, because we both are dealing with some health challenges that we don't you know, take kind of time to bemoan. As Jim said when we were in the session, and you all heard him, he said, yeah, he has his pity parties, but he don't invite anybody. Okay. <laughs> and I love that spirit. So you all are doing us all the good in the world by picking up on this. Like you said, we may not be here to see it ourselves, although I don't have any intention of going anywhere before it happens. But if we do, we do at least have the comfort of knowing that there are brothers and sisters like you all who are picking up on this and who are not going to let this this thing falter. And I want to appreciate you once again, and you have a good evening. Thank you for being with us, sir. One million brothers. (laughs) Peace. You know, uh, before we leave this evening, we've got about five more minutes. You know, he raises an excellent point, and he alluded to the statement that – the pastor Willie Wilson made <clears throat> he was supposed to be with us today too but he'll probably be with us within the next couple of weeks because he made some interesting comments uh, during his uh, time speaking at the Power Talk event uh, it's one thing Marcus that, that, that we really need to spend time with and I don't, I'm not talking about me and you I'm just talking about our people in general the statement that he made that uh, Brother Amafika uh, talked about is uh, Marcus Garvey having in 1917, when he came here, 100 people that was involved in the fledgling organization of the UNIA, and three years later had over 3 million people. Marcus, you know, it's something about that yeah. that really have to be talked about because that was before television. It was definitely no Internet. No it was no radio to to really be spoken of at that time, and it was definitely no telephone. Telephones didn't ex- start exploding till around 1919, and everybody didn't have one, and especially black folk. So you've seen a lot of this done without the advent or help of what we consider mass media. So those are really some examples for us. This can easily be done. Because we have the benefit now of having mass media and the internet and things of that nature. Right. So these things, this is not an impossible task at all. Not at all. I think it's even easier now. To be honest with you, it's even easier. So all of these that you just said, we go on Facebook, we connect with thousands of our friends, we go on YouTube, uh, we have thousands of people that will get on there, Google Plus, and, and all these other social venues outlet it should be easy for us it's just when 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 do our people want to wake up when is it going to be the time when you say enough is enough and i want to actually do something i'm enjoying the organization i'm not just going to write a blog and make a post talk about it with my friends i'm actually going to stand with an organization talking to that one person out there who may be on the fence 
maybe considering the things that we're saying, we know that it's true. You know right now that what we're saying is true. And we're waiting for you. We're going to have 999,999 other good brothers and sisters standing behind you, standing with you. We're ready for you. <laughs> Go to iron1million.com and sign up. Say that again, Brother Marcus, before we wind up this evening. Give that address and again. Give that address again. www.iam1million.com. That's where your answer is. Time to wake up from this matrix of oppression. Go to www.iam1million.com. I want to thank you for being with us this evening, Brother Marcus. We're going to look forward to bringing you on in the future sometime. Because Brother Ralph, is, <clears throat> he's always traveling sometime and he can't be with us. So uh, I guess we see now we have, we have a substitute we can reach out to. Well, I'm here, brother. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Uh, I, I hear you, brother. I want to thank the listening audience for being with us this evening. Lively discussion as always. And we'll be back next week, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon, or you're watching your children playing after school. They seem to be so unaware of, I know, I know, the things that they'll soon have to take care of.
to save the children. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.